Hello, happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode for this podcast. Just chugging through the month of August now, already the fifth day of this month. And yeah, you know, stuff's kind of dead at this point. We, we are officially in to the dog days of summer. Sure, there's been some stuff in the NHL that's happened lately, but you know, with regards to the Pittsburgh Penguins, just it's it's very quiet right now. And, you know, I think it's quiet for, again, a lot of teams around the league. I think you're going to see some start, stuff to p- start to pick up towards the end of the month, um, right around maybe start, start of September, because that's when the training camp comes in. I think teams will start to get a little more active. I think right now some guys are on vacation. They're just, they're enjoying their family time. Um, you know, you're not going to get much for the next week or two. Uh, but for today's episode, we're going to get into um, something I saw in, um, in a mailbag on The Athletic, I think it came uh, from Rossi, it had to do with potentially Malkin uh, switching positions at some point during this four-year contract. I'm going to get into if that makes sense for him and you know when I think that would happen. Also going to get into a question that um, longtime listener Alan T. Yoder asked me, and I think it's something pretty legitimate considering that Malkin has, he's coming up on a thousand games this season. We're going to get into that, and then we're going to go around the league a little bit and touch on, I get my thoughts on some of the latest um, things that have happened these last couple of days, notably, notably, excuse me, the Jonathan Huberto um, contract. So that's all, that's all coming up um, right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen um, of the day. Also, just thank you all for still listening at this point. I know August, very quiet again around the league. You know, if you're still listening at this point, um, you must really love hockey. And, you know, maybe you just love listening to me blabber about this team for 30 minutes, um, three days a week, even though they're not going to be playing games um, until October. But again, you know, thank you all so much for listening is, I guess, my main um, main statement out of that. Um, getting into the first topic. So we'll just get into Alan's question here to start off the show. And if I can get to that on my in my DMs here, I'm not looking, don't know why I'm up at my DMs. Um, Alan asks, you know, I was listening to DK's Daily Shot earlier this week, and for those um, that do not listen to that, go check it out. You know, he's still doing five episodes a week. That's Dan Kabachevich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Um, he does a very good job with Penguins content. Um, you know, if, if you like my show, I, I think you would like his um, as well. And he, he's apparently he said he mentioned about resting guys like Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. I personally think that would be a good that would do them so good. I was thinking if this were the case. Would Sullivan set it up to where they would look at resting Malkin for maybe one game so that he can play his 1,000th game at PPG? What, what would you think of manipulating the lineup for a major milestone like that? Honestly, I'm fine with that, Alan, and for everyone out there that's listening to this. Um, right now, so if you go to the Penguins schedule, right now Gino has scheduled to play his 1,000th game Yeah, against the Chicago Blackhawks on November 20th. That would be in the United Center. You know, not good, you know, that, that would be also if he played the full, his first full 19 games of the regular season. So, yeah, I think any milestone like that should be celebrated 
at home at PPG. I mean, Sid scored his 500th last year um, against the Flyers, of course, and that came right at PPG. I mean, he could have done it a few games before on the road, didn't, saved, saved it for um, his longtime nemesis. And the Penguins, honestly, their longtime nemesis as well. Um, and, you know, that's a moment, again, like, stuff like that should be celebrated at home. And, you know, I know I know it was obviously great that the Penguins won those three Stanley Cups in this era um, overall, but still, man, I, part of me wishes they could have won at least one of those at home, um, if not more than that, just because the city would have went even crazier than it already did, <laughs> you know, for, for those three wins. But for something like this, you know, I, I think I would be in favor of it. As you say, Alan, you know, you look at the schedule right now, um, the Penguins, um, if Malkin were to miss even any any game during that 19-game stretch, the earliest he would be able to do it is November 23rd against the Calgary Flames. That's um, the Wednesday right before Thanksgiving. Um, now, if he were to miss two games, he could also do it um, November 25th at Philadelphia. If he missed three, it would be November 26th against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's funny. I'm going to the game on the 15th against Toronto. That's my birthday. I'll be turning 25 that day. So I would be missing Gino's 1,000th game if he were to play all 19 games by three games. Like, that that hurts. Like, I was this close. Basically, if he, if he played three more games last year, you know, I, I would basically have it. So definitely... A little upset about that, but whatever. But as for your question, again, as for your question, Alan, I, I you know I wouldn't be too upset if, if they did. Uh, again, I, I think it would be kind of the right call. And as for your overall point with what DK was talking about, I kind of agree with him. You know, I think at times, you know, the the team they should be resting some of their star players, especially towards the late stages of the regular season. You, you go back to say this year, right? Penguins are comfortably in a playoff spot. Sure, you know, they're jockeying for seeding and all this stuff. But, you know, going into that last week, week and a half of the regular season, I don't think you need to be playing your regulars every game unless they just have like a massive milestone to hit. I think at times, you know, you could rest them a little bit. And, you know, you can honestly just, you know, do what, you know, some teams in the NFL do. You know, so say, you know, you're like you're the number one seed going into the final week. No one can catch you. Yeah, like you're just going to call up a bunch of your AHL guys and you're going to play them. You, know, you don't really give a crap um, about the results. Sure, there's definitely some added risk in that because, you know, the players, you know, it could take them a little more time to get back in the game swing when they come back in the playoffs and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I do think the rewards for this, I guess, outweigh the risks. If that if that makes any sense, I think, I, I, you know, I'm 99.9% sure. Um, that it does, but um, you know, I, I do think it's fine. You know, obviously, I would love all three of them to stay healthy this year, but you know, it's the Penguins here. So, honestly, who knows if they are going to all three um, stay healthy? I'm sure one, two, if not all three of them, are probably going to get hurt at some point, and I'm sure half the team is going to be out for some unknown reason um, this coming season, but. Um, I do think, you know, if a playoff spot is basically all but clinched, you know, you say the magic numbers at like five or something like that towards the late stage of the regular season, I would be resting them a little bit more, you know, not maybe not playing them as many minutes as they normally play. Um, you know, just calling players up, you're seeing what you have in some of the minor leaguers and stuff like that. I know it's kind of frowned upon in the NHL. You don't really see a lot of teams do that because, you know, it's just it's just not how they're, they're wired, they're programmed. You know, again, the NFL, it's a bit different. The NBA. A little bit different. I mean, you know, this past season, 
you know, the Lakers, they, I mean, they were out of the playoff race, <clears throat> like two, three weeks left. And, you know, they're, they're like resting LeBron James. Like they, they, they don't even want to, he doesn't even want to play because there was basically just no point to him playing when the team is not going to get in the playoffs. So, you know, I'm not obviously saying that's not going to happen you know, with the Penguins, but I think you're getting my drift, right? You know, if the games are kind of meaningless down the stretch, I mean, I don't really care if they have to rest. If, you know, I don't really care if, you know, they have to miss a few games um, is what I'm trying to say. But again, you know, that sums up my thoughts on that. And then as, again, as for the Malkin thing, Alan, and to everyone out there, you know, would love um, if that moment happens at home. 19 games away from 1,000 is going to hit it um, this season. I'm looking to make sure um, if I can find – um, if there's any other big milestones that are probably going to happen this season, just double checking here. Um, yeah, Chris Latang, so he's at 941 games played. He is also likely to hit a thousand um, this year. If I can find um, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Um, I think that's. I think his 1,000th game is not going to come until sometime in February. Um, I, I will have the exact date for you all probably down in the comments, to be honest. The fact that I didn't even have that prepared is, is pretty embarrassing, um, to be honest. I just I, I don't want to just be counting here um, on a podcast. I think that's just kind of embarrassing. But um, he is also scheduled to hit 1,000, and you know if he could have that be done at home too, um, that would be massive. Um, and, you know, he's also has 650 points. He's you know, he's also potentially going to have his 700th point this season. Would love to have that at home as well. And for more for Gino, um, 54 points away from 1,200 for his career. Would love to have, have would love to have him um, get that at home as well. So a lot of milestones coming up. As you said, Alan, you know, I would be more than willing to have them potentially manipulate some of the games um, to make sure Malkin and Latang. Um, have that honor at home. You know, it, it can definitely happen for Malkin. I'm going to double check on Latang, see when that game falls to see if, hey, you know, if he's fully healthy, maybe it comes at home. Um, maybe it's on the road. Um, but I'm going to double check that here um, pretty quickly after the show and just probably just put that in the comments or something like that. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to get to something that I saw in that Rossi mailbag that a, um, that a reader had for him about Malkin moving to wing, and I'll give my thoughts on that, on just when that could occur at some point. But before I get to that, if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it is healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. You can run to Built.com right now and snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and they're tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. They are so good. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor so Penguin. So let's get into um, what I saw 
Um, and, and Rossi's mailbag when someone asked about Malkin, and, and Rossi says this. Inevitably, and against his probably true desire, I think Malkin is going to probably play more on the wing on his four-year contract, especially if, and I suspect is in the cards, the Penguins are in play for JT Miller next offseason. Miller can play center or on the wing. So, you know, we're going to continue to see the JT Miller stuff um, until he either signs an extension in Vancouver or he's traded to somewhere to some other team and sign an extension there. You know, until either of those two things happen, um, you're, you're going to continue to see Miller linked to the Penguins. Again, I've been told that he wants to come home. I've heard that from multiple people. Um, and he's, you know, made it clear to the person that, you know, he was talking to at the time that, you know, he would love nothing more than a return to Pittsburgh and play for his hometown team. And again, he's a UFA next summer. The Penguins, you know, they will have the cat money to do it. Brian Juman's contract comes off the book. Jason Zucker's contract comes off the book. There's over $9 million right there to give him. There you go. I mean, you know, and you know, if Duman walks, you know, you, you still have defensemen in your system that you know. Hopefully, this season can show that they can play, you know, top pairing minutes next year when he's prop when he's again when he's probably off the team. But in terms of Malkin potentially not being at center at some point down the road, you know, you know, it, it, I think that only happens if his production like really dries up. Um, if he's not close to a point per game player and you know they're trying to get him back to the way he used to be, I could see that Mike Sullivan going if he stole the coach at that point. Hey, you know, this isn't working, Gino. We're gonna put you on wing, you know, take some of the responsibilities off your hands, like say face-offs and you know, playing, you know, more structure in the defensive zone, some of that stuff, and you know, just let you roam free and do your thing in the offensive zone. And, you know, maybe that would work for someone like Gino. And, you know, but also there's the chance that he could age more gracefully. And he continued to have his responsibilities at both ends of the rink, and you wouldn't need to make that move. Um, you know, right now, in my opinion, I don't see him moving to wing, but you know, say he were to at some point, and the Penguins are able to sign JT Miller next year for a massive extension, seven times eight something, seven times nine something, you know, you could theoretically play JT at center, move Malkin to his wing. And then you 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 still you have a super line you have two super lines at that point especially if JT you know has close to a season like he had last year in Vancouver this year you know you can throw out Jake Gensel Sidney Crosby Brian Russ JT Miller with Evgeny Malkin in their second line with potentially Ricard Raquel good luck to a lot of other teams stopping those two lines you know even you know in your depth at that point you know still not bad if you can bring back Dan Heinen you know I know. Captain's probably on the team. You know, you have to figure out some of your bottom six. Teddy Bluger, I think, comes off the, um, the market. Well, comes off the market. Comes off his contract. Comes off the books next year too. Um, so you know, you'll, you'll also have options to you know fill in some of those players in the bottom six, just because you have a lot of cap space opening up again. Even though a good chunk of that would go to Miller in this hypothetical, but you know that, and that that's a scary top six. That's a scary looking forward group. So far to say the least. And I think um, you would only see Malkin move to wing in that instance still if his production does right. I, I think if that if Miller were to come here next year, I think Malkin would start out as his center and JT would play on the wing because you know he can play either position. It doesn't really matter. You know, he, he's great at center, he's great on the wing, you know, he he's he he's he's had good productions um at either position. So, you know, I don't really think it matters, you know, too much for him. Um, I guess, but still, it would be a lot of fun, um, wouldn't it? But you know, 
overall, you know, I know this is probably not going to be the longest segment for the show. I do think the only time you see Gino move to wing is if he's just not playing well at center anymore, not putting up the usual production that he's doing, not scoring the goals, playing way more passive in the defensive zone, just kind of just going through the motions at that point, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Again, I think that's probably the only time you see that happen. Um, I'd like to think he's going to stay at center for most of that contract. Maybe, you know, third year of that deal moves to wing. The last year of that deal um, moves to wing. But um, I I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, if you're asking me. I think it's going to be, you know, a a little bit down the road, Um, I guess. But again, you know, it it would be a lot of fun to see JT and Gino on the same line together um, if Miller comes to the Penguins next summer. And, you know, I'll say this, you know, people are going to sit here and probably tell me, well, you know, you can probably get him on a massive discount. You know, he'll come home and play for the Penguins and take a three, two, three million discount. He's not going to do that. You know, he will probably come home for maybe a little less money, but it ain't going to be like a two or three million discount. This is not going to be a Brian Ross situation who probably just left at least a million to a million and a half per year on the open market. He, that is how much of a discount he took to come back to the Penguins. Even Gino, you know, he's making 6.1 this year. Honestly, he probably left, I would say, up to a million, 1.2 million from the free agent market. Just, just because of how good of a player he still is. Latang, he's making the same amount of money. He easily left at least $2 million, um, on the table. Probably more than that, to be honest. But, you know, those are franchise cornerstones. Someone like Miller, this is that would be the first time he's even hitting on a restricted free agency in his career. He is not going to go out there and say, well, you know, I'm just going to take this massive discount and blah, 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 blah. No, he'll take a little bit of a money discount, but he's still going to be a big ticket. He's going to command a lot of term. A lot of money, especially if he has a great year this year. Again, um, the Penguins, it, it'll be a bidding war um, if he does make it to the open market, if he's not traded, or if the Canucks don't accept him um, at that point. Um, so that wraps up um, this segment. Well, I touched on my thoughts on, on Evgeny Malkin moving to win and wing and when I think that could happen, and when honestly the only time that could happen, and why it would be, you know, definitely see a lot of be a lot of fun to see JT and Gino together next year. Because sorry, Penguins fans. Doesn't look like that's happening this year. You know, it's just they don't have the cap for it right now. Probably don't have the assets for it. Um, they're probably, you know, if they're going to get JT, um, they're going to have to wait until he becomes a free agent. Um, coming up in the final segment, I'm going to get to some news and notes around the league. I haven't done that in a while, so stick around for that coming up for after this final commercial break. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host. Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, you know, late on Thursday night, we saw Jonathan Huberto extension in Calgary, eight times 10.5. It's a high ticket. That's, that's a big ticket for the Flames. I think they kind of, I think in a way they had no choice with that one because, you know, traded Kachak, he didn't want to be there. Goudreau. Left UFA, you got to show your fans something. You got to show them that you're still serious about winning. You know, they were desperate. They had to do it. Is it an overpay? Probably. You know, I'm not really sure if Huberto is ever going to hit 100 points again. Um, But, you know, you got to bet on it. You know, he's 
forward group wise, outside of you know Elias Lindholm, Huberto is your best forward. Um, he's obviously not Johnny Goudreau, but you know he's still a very prolific player who um, is great with the puck on his stick, has a great shot, um, great first pass, all the you know, great four tracker in the offensive zone, just a really skillsy. Ah, that's like a weird way to describe him. Just a really good all-around player overall. Again, almost $11 million per year, definitely high. Um, that could be a trade by year four or year five. I could definitely see someone like the Arizona Coyotes uh, ending up trading for that contract at some point. But uh, right now, the Flames, they basically had no choice about that. Um, she's seeing arbit- arb- some arbitration stuff this week. Um, you know, a couple of come out, you know, New, New, New Jersey, you know, they had the one with Miles Wood. Um, today and then they had Jesper Bratt, um, one year deal. Um, I believe it was a little over five million per uh, for that one season. You know they're kind of punting on it. I think at this point, I think he's um, they they might have to do this again next year. Though he also might be a UFA. I have to double check on that. Um, but um, I actually no, I do think he's an RFA again. Actually, I think they're gonna have to do this again. Um, I think the Devils are betting on him being like, okay, so you had a good year last year, right? Do it again. And then we'll be more confident about giving you your money. Because that, I think, was a really hard negotiation for New Jersey. Um, and yes, we're back. You know, I don't think it would have been like the equivalent to the Penguins and Danton Heinen. Um, I think Heinen definitely would have asked for over $3 million on a multi-year deal. Um, but, you know, I think the Penguins, you know, they would have been kind of in the same situation, albeit a little less, than like, hey, Danton, you know, you were this good last year go out there and prove it again on another kind of this deal that we gave you. And then if you do do that, we'll be more open to, you know, giving you a multi-year deal with a bigger AAV. And I think that's where New Jersey is coming from with this. I understand um, from Tom Fitzgerald's, Tom Fitzgerald's standpoint, um, you know, Brat, very, very good player. Was one of the best on the Devils last year. He's going to have to be that good again um, if the Devils have any shot of making the playoffs this year. Um, you know, I, I think overall for them, you know, I, I think they're fine. I think I, their forward group is not bad. Defense is okay. It's just their goaltending, you know, is Vitek Nanchek going to be the guy? Mackenzie Blackwood, is he going to come back from injury and be all right? You know, I think that's their biggest question right now. Lindy Ruff, I don't think he's a good coach. I don't think uh, Tom Fitzgerald should have kept him. Um, I think that's the main reason why I still have them a little bit below some other teams in the Metro. Um, and, you know, I was talking with a friend the other day, and this person was telling me that they potentially put New Jersey over Pittsburgh. And I was like, what? Like, what are you basing that off of? It didn't make any sense to me. Um, as for the Penguins, again, they're still top three team in this division. Carolina, New York, Pittsburgh. I think those are by far and away the top three teams in this division. Columbus, yeah, they added Johnny Goudreau, but I don't think he's going to push them to be a playoff team. Islanders, they're kind of there too, but you know, are, are they really going to you know make a step forward? They really haven't done anything yet. They've been linked to Kadri. What's going to happen there? Philadelphia, they're obviously going to be good. New Jersey, I don't really trust them that much. I think Washington, they did make some improvements. I would say you know them with Pittsburgh and Carolina and the Rangers, those are probably your top four teams again in Metro in some kind of order. I think the teams below them um, are non-playoff teams at this point. I think you're going to no, I think that's I think that's that's how it's going to play out um, when next season starts and you know as we go forward into that season. Um, you know, otherwise, again, pre- pretty pretty quiet lately. Again, you know, my, the Miles Wood stuff. You know, the other stuff in New Jersey. You know, Jonathan Huberto extension in Calgary. I think they want to probably try to get Mackenzie Weger done. 
and all that stuff. You know, right now, you know, it's 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 yeah, you just you you feel the you feel the calm in the ocean is basically what we're going for right now. Um, there's going to be stuff that happens some point this month. Hopefully, we'll get to something soon on Nazem Kadri again. What it looks like right now for those who aren't paying attention, Colorado, I think, is up there. Islanders for sure. I think the Red Wings have been linked to him. Um, those are the three main teams that you know I've kind of circled a little bit. Maybe Dallas, um, if they can make that work. Um, I don't really know if they. I think they have the cap space for that, but I don't really know if they're going to do that. Um, but nope, we'll have to see. But you know, I really appreciate all of you listening um, to this one. As for the Chris Letang 1000th game, um, I did just actually double check this um, while I was finishing recording here. February 26th, if Latang does not miss any games before then, February 26th, 6 o'clock start against Tampa Bay Lightning at PPG Paints Arena. Again, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the show. I'll be back on Monday of next week. We're back to Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes um, for the rest of August. Um, apologize for not, for not having that this week. You know, a couple things came up with, with the vacation that I'm on. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I'll be back with another show on Monday.